I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting duo. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me as ever, Blake Harrison. How's it going? <laughs> right, someone, someone, <laughs> we, we're talking a party, Blake, today, right? So what, what, what you can't see, right, he's got a gobful of, what is it, toast? It's actually a jam croissant. <laughs> Fucking hell, someone's doing all right. Uh, 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 so there he is. Only frozen, he's, he's... frozen croissants from Tesco's, mate. No, it's nothing, right. nothing super right. fancy. Stick a bit of jam in it. I ain't, having, I ain't having a drop of Tesco's, mate. I've seen you in your cravat walking around Waitrose <laughs> all day long. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there you are. In Is that a smoking gown or is that a dressing gown? It's a Paddy Pimblet-inspired dressing gown. If you check out our YouTube... <laughs> You'll see Paddy doing his um, interview with with me previously in his dressing gown. Fortunately, I don't have a dog that eats my dressing gown like he does. Uh, yeah, check that out. It's in 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 um. I can't even speak, man. I'm on two hours sleep. It's um an ode to Paddy me doing this in the dressing gown, or it could just Love be that it. I've only recently got up. But you know, pet take pick. I mean, well, uh, you you was there. Um, I I couldn't go. Um, I had to do family business. Uh, but you you was there. You was like cage side media, the full shebang. So I can't wait to hear all about the experience of that because I've obviously watched the, the card, and I don't know if I'm just saying it because um, it was a British card, uh, and I'm a Brit. One of the greatest cars I've ever seen. I yeah, I mean, I think it is. I mean, because there was so it was so interesting seeing how it's all done, being part of the media. So you go into like this media room where there's loads of long tables, everyone set up facing one of those tables with the backdrops where you see the fighters in the post fight press conferences and all that kind of stuff. And there was a few Americans, Canadians and people like that in there. And even they were saying this was ridiculous. This was an incredible card the atmosphere was unbelievable uh cage side and i'm i'm assuming you could hear it through the tv monitors and stuff oh ridiculous um, ridiculous 
And obviously, with a few unfortunate exceptions, the vast majority of the Brits, particularly the ones at that top end of the card, got their hand raised and did it in style. So, mm. yeah, it, it, I really think it, it couldn't really have gone much better. It was, it was an incredible night. And I think even Dana said himself, which we'll get on to. Uh, 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 your mate, Dana. My mate, Dana, mate. Oh, man, I asked him a couple <laughs> of questions. His voice was gone. My voice is going at the moment. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, to ask Dana White a couple of questions in the press conference was kind of a bit of a weird bucket list thing for me. I watch the press Fucking conferences right, all mate. the time. I watch press conferences all the time. After a big pay-per-view, I always go on YouTube and look at the post-fight press conferences. And I have done for years. So to be there and ask Dana a question was, was incredible. And we got some interesting answers off him as well. But one thing he did say in the press conference was, this was such an amazing night. He said... This is a slight paraphrase, but I don't give a fuck what I don't give a fuck what the schedule says. We're coming back to the UK this year. You know, I mean, whether that really pans out that way and all that stuff, but I mean, that'd be incredible. And he, he doesn't care. He's he's bringing the UK back here. That was such an incredible night. Yeah. Um, and he said he didn't even mind the fact that after the last fight, he was drenched in beer because <laughs> people were after the Aspinall one. People were launching their beers all over the shop. Uh, it was it was mad. It was absolutely mad. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, <clears throat> before we get on to the card, or, or should we talk about your your post fight your post fight uh, behaviour uh, oh, at the end of, of it, or do you want or, or do you want to <laughs> give us a snapshot as to why you're uh, you, you've got tiny little eyes right. that are just peeking out from uh, your eyelids? All right. Well, we can we can we can flash forward to that. That's the most recent memory I have, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Basically, yeah. So, but Mason Jones, shout out Mason Jones. When I was walking past, he was like, "Blake." I was like, "Oh, Mason, how's it going?" Went round and had a quick chat with him, and he was like, "Oh, you're going to come to the the after party, uh, like Grand Boylan setting it up with uh, his, you know, Paddy, Molly, Jack Shaw. We're all going to be there." And I was like, "Oh, mate, I'd I'd, I'd love to. I don't know if I'll be." He's like, "I'm going to sort you up. My my phone's out of battery, but I'll get Jack to message you and put it on the door." And true to his word. I mean, we're very late. The, the, the post-fight press conference after the event goes on a very long time. So I get out of there at like gone midnight or whatever it is. Um, and uh, there's there's a message from Jack saying, Graham's got your name down on the door. I'm like, oh, well, I've got to go now. So I walk around to this Toka social uh, place in the O2. And I get there and the, the like. there's clearly some drunk people that have been kicked out giving it a bit of big to like one of the bouncers or whatever and security are coming over. And I'm just there like completely sober with a backpack. And I've got my um cam my phone tripod from for my iPhone. I've got my, my tripod. Oh you've, you've got you've gone tooled up. Yeah, I've gone tooled up. But I've got that in <laughs> but I've got that in a bag that carries um like those deck chairs when you go camping. <laughs> so I'm like so so like the newbie that's like low tech and doesn't know what you're doing. I've it. just got a backpack with my iPad in it and I've got a, a, a friggin' deck chair bag with my camera tripod in it walking around and I'm like, oh, um, uh, excuse me, um, I think, sir, my, my name is, is on the door, sir. Um, and he's like, yeah, we're not allowing anyone more, anyone else in. We're done. We're not allowing anyone in. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, fair enough. I'll, I'll head off. And as I'm going off, I bump into a couple of the lads that work at uh, Fight Disciples, not Nick and Adam, but they work with, with Nick and Adam. Um, 
And so I was like saying hi because I've, I've made so many, so many lovely friends in the media department mm. uh, while I was there. And um, and they were like, oh, we're going in because Adam and Nick are in there. I was like, oh, go on then. I'll come with you and I'll, I'll give it another shot just to see if you can do something I can't. And um, we got there and it was us three and then about 10 people from the BT Sport team all just having conversations with security being like, yeah, like, we're, and we're all stone cold sober. None of us are drunk. None of us. Most of us have all got like equipment. The BT Sport guys have got like these huge, big bags filled with equipment. And um, we're just talking to security, being like, "Can can you let us in, please?" Like all that. They're like, "No, someone has to come down and give you wristbands and all this stuff." And it goes back and forth for what feels like ages. Like I genuinely think we could have all just been hanging out there outside this place for a good half an hour. And then the doors open, and who comes out? Molly. Right. Molly comes Perfect. out. Just she's clearly been having the time of her life and she's like, oh <laughs> and she's just like is chatting to security. There's a few <coughs> randoms coming up to her getting photos and all that stuff, and she's just like in with them and everything, just being the amazing Molly that we know. A little bit of time goes by, she gets us all in there, everyone's chanting, oh, me, Molly, <laughs> it's going nuts. So we get in there, we go up there, and um, uh, Mason, by this point, I think has gone, but I ended up uh, chatting with, with Jack Shaw for a long time, such a nice bloke. Uh, Graham Boylan, what a legend, you know, obviously we've had Graham on the show as well, uh, had a great chat with Graham. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was a really fun night. I, I, I saw Paddy from a distance. We had a little thumbs up moment. And, uh, and man, it was just, it, it, it got a bit mad. It got a bit like photo heavy. You know, like you can see like people want photos with Jack, people want photos with Paddy. And there was a few Inbetweeners fans as well. So that kind of got a little bit crazy. I, I was making jokes that like, I've not had COVID at all since the pandemic began. Yeah. If I don't get it after last night with the amount of people kind of like drunk and breathing all over <laughs> yeah. me, then I will never get COVID. Like I, yeah. I am, I must, I'll probably get COVID because of these this night. Yeah. Um, but uh, because people just you know, when they when they when they're drunk, they, the the personal space thing just does not exist, and you're like, okay, yeah. mate, just backing off a bit. But honestly, it was so great to be a part of that night and to um hang out with those guys and, and have, have some really nice chats and talk to them about the fights and what's coming up next and all that kind of stuff and how they felt during a fight. It, it was amazing. It was, it was really did feel like a kind of like once in a lifetime experience, which obviously I hope is not a once in a lifetime experience. I hope we yeah. get to do it a, again, but, but it really was something special. Wonderful. Well, let's talk about the action. Let's we'll do start it. at the very tip top. Yeah. Tip top being Aspinall or tip top being Mikhaev? First fight up. Yeah, first yeah, right at the beginning. Mikhaev. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, well, Durden, as we've, was the theme of the night, anyone that wasn't mm. British was basically getting booed. Um, mm. Durden was booed. Mikhaev cheered, which you, you love to see. There was, I remember a moment when Bilal Mohammed was fighting. And to be fair, he was probably fighting like Wonderboy Thompson or something like that. But, there was crowd chanting USA, USA. And Paul Felder on the mic was like, Bilal Mohammed's from, forgive me, I don't know exactly, but he's like, he's from Chicago or something like that. Like, yeah. you absolute morons. But the British fans, they've got a refugee from Dagestan representing the UK. 
and really passionately representing the UK as well. Yep. And they gave him a massive ovation. And God, what a performance that was. He just seemed so, so calm. Everything that like he was just, he was smiling. He was, had no issues at all and dealt with Durden pretty easily. I mean, Durden rushed him. Uh, I think he hit a flying knee, but, uh, or, or did, did Mikhaev hit the knee? Oh, Mikhaev hit the knee. Mikhaev hit the knee, but <clears throat> Durden slammed him down, didn't he? Yeah, Durden no. kind of picked Mikhaev up and slammed him down, didn't he? I yeah, thought... Durden slammed Mikhaev down. I've got it in my notes. It must be true. <laughs> I thought he he went down with him and and tied him up on the way down. Am I wrong? It might. Well, what I've got here from my notes, I was making notes as it was going on, that Durden rushed out. There was a flying knee from Mikhaev, but then Durden slammed Mikhaev down. Maybe I've misdone that. Again, I just saw it live once, and then Se- all this craziness has gone on. Uh, Second fastest submission in UFC history. Is it really? It was an anaconda, yeah. I think, wasn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, the crowd went nuts. Sec- I didn't know it's second fastest in UFC history. That is, I mean, he's talking about becoming the youngest UFC champion. And I've got How no... How old was John Jones? I'm... You'd have to Google it, but I'm going to say 23. But well, have... he's got to go some then. Well, he's 21, Mikhaev. Yeah. Yeah, 23, obviously, and however many days, I don't know. But I think yeah. John Jones was 23 and, uh, and whatever. Mikhaev, I think, is 21. Youngest ever signing to the UFC, I believe. And, um, yeah, uh, I mean, just what? If you're going to make your debut, that's how you make your debut. Yeah. It was absolutely, it, and, and the celebrating, he, he just looked so excited. It was like, and, it, and yeah, it was just like, what? It was an absolute incredible way to kick off this card. And, whew, what a card it was. Um, I mean, the, <laughs> You know, when we was at the media day the other day, there was a lot of people talking about him, just saying like, you know, everybody's been watching him in various organisations, yep. uh, and saying this, this, this kid's for real. And I think he's the most successful amateur of all time, or he's <coughs> up there. I mean, he's won multiple IMAPs and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, I mean, he's, he's had like twenty or thirty yeah. amateur fights. He's really, really honed his craft in the amateurs. Um, Definitely. And it's it's gonna pay dividends. I, I think he's. I think he really could do it. I think he could become the youngest UFC champion because Durden was what on his like third or fourth UFC fight or something like that. I think. I don't think you usually get that with with people with with the the smaller professional record that Mikhaev's got. But they gave him a big fight to to go mm. with someone that has got UFC experience. And uh, and he passed that test with flying colours, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him another hard fight and, and kind of strap the rocket to him and, and watch him go type thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, when he comes back to, to uh, lands back on planet Earth <clears throat> after he's celebrating, we'll have to get him on because uh, hearing oh. him talk about media day, he seemed like such a nice guy as well. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to reach out and try and see if we can get some some time with him. Um, things took a a bit of a wobble in the next fight, and yeah. uh, and we saw former guest um, Corey McKenna um, take a take a bit of a defeat. It was it was quite tight, I thought. Um, uh, but for me, I did think that Reed's range was 
problematic. Uh, I thought her, her hands were, 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 you know, last night were better than Corey's. Um, when Corey got hold of her, you know, she she seemed to be. It felt to me watching Corey when she sort of got in the clinch or or, or, or there was some wrestling. She she felt more dominant there, but yeah, I, I thought it was quite close, and I think Corey thought she got the W, but uh, I, as you know, it's horrible to see, and obviously, you know, as as podcasters, I guess if you're professional podcasters, you have to, you know, not really sort of say what side of the fence you're on here, but. You know, we're fans and, and we're British fans, so we obviously wanted to see Poppins get the win. Um, but yeah, I just think, I, 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 yeah, I, I kind of agreed with the decision. I thought it was close. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know how close I found it. I, 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 I think I had Elise winning maybe every round. Maybe Corey won the first, I think. But but I think I had Elise Reed winning every round. And I hate to say that because, again, I'm a big Poppins fan. I, I think she's great. She seemed to implement the takedown sometimes too late in the round, not give herself time to work. I mean, obviously she'll have her reasons for that. Maybe she couldn't find her way in. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But she definitely was inferior in the striking exchanges. Yeah, Reed was was far better with the striking, and so you were hoping to see Corey go for those takedowns earlier. Why she didn't, I don't know. But getting them at the end of the rounds and not then being able to do damage because the time's been taken away from you doesn't score you any points. So you're never going to win a fight like that. There was one thing about that that was absolutely atrocious, I think, and that was the scorecard that was thirty twenty seven McKenna. Like again, and this is not us getting down on McKenna. Yeah. We love McKenna. We really wanted her to win. Um, but to score that fight 30-27 in her favour was yeah. criminal. I don't mm. know who what judge's scorecard that was, but that was absolutely criminal. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't couldn't agree more. You know, in in, in you know, to, to to look at what's next for for, for Corey. She's she's brand new. I mean, what's Corey? Twelve? Like she's, uh, <laughs> um, and it, 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 she looks like a child when she goes in there. It's it's terrifying. But um, she's obviously so young, and uh, you know, and is a team alpha male. So the future's bright for Corey, and uh, and you know, hopefully she'll she'll draw from from that defeat and and and, and go back and come back stronger uh, and better. And, and can't wait to see her back in that octagon. Moving on. Um, I mean, tell me, what was it like to hear the Jack Shore Army? Oh man, incredible! The crowd went nuts for the Jack Shore Army. They booed a Russian, which I thought, oh, is this going to be like a theme, like all the Russians getting booed? And I can't remember the Abdurakhimov <clears throat> Pavlovich fight. I think I was in the media room at the time of that going off, maybe. But um, I don't know what the reception was like for them. I was really hoping that it wasn't going to be like let's just boo all the Russian people no, because they're no. Russian. Um, to, to, but to, I understand booing the opponents of the British yeah. fighters. So, but you know that I thought that first round was really close. I thought mm. the second round was pretty close. I think I maybe had it one-one, but I think you could have had it two-nothing either way. I think if Valiev was two-nil up at that point, I could have seen that. If Jack Shaw was two-nil up, I could have seen that. It was very tight. The one thing that was absolutely definitive was that third round. That third round, Jack wobbled him twice. He did obviously find himself in that tight guillotine at one point, 
And Jack said, you know, hearing the crowd just made him go, there's no way I'm tapping. I'm either going to sleep or I'm getting out of this. And that just shows you that up, home he advantage. He popped the little thumb up. Like, yeah. you, knew, you knew he was all right. <clears throat> yeah, and the crowd went nuts for that. that as soon as he mm. put that thumb up, the crowd went nuts. And then when he got out of the transition, the crowd erupted again. Yeah. And then he was able to, to drop him again, basically, and uh, really wobble him. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the right decision was made because I had the first two rounds so close, I found it quite difficult to score them, uh, particularly that first round. But that third round was so definitive that in my eyes, you can almost say pride rules, you know. <laughs> this yeah. It's the, uh, the, the one who looked like they were finishing the fight most. Because when a fight's that close, you want to see the guy that's had the most success win the fight. And that is unquestionably Jack after that third round. So good luck to him. He uh, he put on a, a really great show, particularly in that third round. And then he called out people as well, which is what we've been saying about Jack for he a long time. He said he was going to get a slap if he didn't, didn't he? Yeah, he said Bisping would <laughs> slap him, yeah. <laughs> but yeah he... So yeah, was it Ricky Simone and Asuncao? It was Ricky Simone and Asuncao. I think looking at it, Asuncao might be something like 15th in the rankings. And Ricky Simone is 13th. Um, Asuncao's on a really big losing streak. I don't know if it's like four or five losses that Asuncao's on at the moment, but he's really, I, I don't know how he's hanging on to that ranking. Mm. Ricky Simone is good. Who did he beat recently? I'd have to look it up, but Ricky Simone had a fight recently um, and knocked someone out. Um, we're going to have to look it up. Um but Ricky Simone is someone I've fought a lot of for some time. So I kind of think that is a fight that I'd almost rather happen a bit further down the line. But when I was yeah. speaking to Jack, oh, well, Ricky Simone beat Rafael Sunsau. So, yeah, mm. so uh, Ricky Simone's on a four-fight win streak. His losses were to Uriah, hey- Ur- Uriah Faber a while back and Rob Font. And we all know how good Rob Font is. And now he's gone on a four-fight win streak, including his fight over a Sunsau. A Sun Sal, I swear, I, he's on a five, no, four fight losing streak. Uh, a Sun Sal. Granted, he's four top guys. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the other thing is Marlon Marias has hinted at retirement. A Sun Sal, I think there was hints of him maybe being cut because of that four fight losing streak. I wouldn't be totally surprised if Jack Shaw ends up with a number by his name just from this fight. I, I know he hasn't beaten a ranked opponent, but there might be people dropping out of the rankings just because of losing streaks or potentially retirement. And after that performance and after being on that card, I mean, part of this kind of British takeover that that we saw uh, last night. I and his record. See, look at his record. Look at his record. Unbelievable. Was he four or five and oh in the UFC at the moment? Um, Is he 16 and oh now? And 16 and oh overall, undefeated. You've, got to start giving him the credit that he deserves so uh he's never going to be fighting that early on a bill again like no chance like certainly not if he comes back to the uk well i i think definitely not if he comes back to the uk um i think so he's a one two three five fight win streak in the ufc uh as you say 16 and oh now um the one thing i suppose that maybe you could argue could go against him in terms of like if you're competing with the likes of of Paddy and Aspinall and uh, and a lot of the other British names out there and stuff. Is he's, he's at the moment he's he's uh, he's not putting on 
loads and loads of finishes or anything like that. Like there's a lot of of decisions. Uh, I think it's the last three of his wins have been decisions, and I don't have any problem with that. But I think we all know that Dana White, the UFC, what pays the bills is those highlight reels, like what Molly did and like what Paddy has done and Aspinall have done and, and Arnold Allen this time around has done after having a bunch of decisions as well. But that's the thing, it can turn so quickly. Mm. Arnold Allen we'll get onto, but I think he's going to skyrocket because of this performance now. Um, but he was that guy that, amazing win streak, but people weren't overly bothered about because he has he's inactive because of the injuries and he... Um, you know, uh, has had a lot of decisions. This is going to be amazing, but we'll get on to that. But Jack can be the same. Jack is putting together these amazing win streaks and he's doing it in such a tough division as well. And if he just gets one finish in his next fight or is in a bit of a war that he wins or something like that, all of a sudden, that's it. The popularity skyrockets and the popularity goes up there and and matches the talent that he clearly has. So, Yeah. yeah, Jack. Jack did well, and I think really brilliant that he did call someone out. It just gives us a bit more of something to think about, uh, someone you've thrown out there, and, and it builds builds anticipation for a fight. I think that is he's done exactly the right thing there, and he didn't do it in any kind of trash-talky way. I think he was very respectful, and that's the way he, he needed to do it, to stay true to him, and, and he did that really well. Big Paul Craig. Oh, who doesn't love Big Paul Craig? Mate, like I was, I was saying to um, to to to, to Scribbies Pip last night. I was saying like, when when we done the media day, I said that guy's got some serious charisma. Yeah, like he he can hold a room, and like he's got good chat, and he's obviously he's a handsome boy, he's Paul Craig. Oh, he is. And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's no Arnold Allen. Like you know, but... I've, I've not felt, I've never felt his back. Like um, do you know, I didn't actually mention this to you. He's got big hands, isn't he, Arnold Allen? I didn't notice his hands. He I was too too infatuated with the back, <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't noticed the hands. Uh, oh, re- 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 remind me when we get onto Arnold's Arnold's um, Ar- Arnold's fight. I've got something funny to tell you. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I-, I thought I, I watched it um, in the end with with, with Pip last night and. Uh, uh, but I caught like the after the prelims, I went round there and, uh, and and saw the 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 the, the, the big fights with Pip uh, after me thing was done, and uh, oh my god, like seeing Paul Craig on his back and then big shots coming in was like oh no, and like and I was like get your hands up, get your hands up, but his hands were quite wide, and then obviously you see why. Because literally, he was just like, whoop, there you go, eat that. And it was like, shit. Like, really, really impressive. Like, I was, yeah, I, I did I did worry because there were big shots that were coming down. And I was just thinking, and, and a, a lot of them connected as well. And they really like, did. Oh. It was, you, you were thinking at one minute, one of these is going to land and he's just, his eyes are going to roll back in his head or something. I mean, I think he said in the interview he was defending shots with his face. (laughs) So so he's just like, well, but I mean, he clearly thinks that's his way of of doing it. He's tempting people in, maybe showing them a target and hoping that like they might overextend, fall into his guard, and then he wraps them up or leaves an arm in a precarious position. And that triangle seemed like it came out of nowhere. Um, 
beautiful. It really was beautiful. And, and you saw him trying it a few seconds previously and it didn't quite work out for him. It's amazing. And Paul Craig said this in the, in the post-fight press conference. It's amazing how many people seem to still play this game with him. Mm. If you're fighting Paul Craig, you immediately stand him up. Mm. I know Krylov's not a bad grappler. He's clearly got good ground pound. And there were times where he probably thought, I've got you. I'm landing punches. One of them's going to knock you out. But it's not worth the risk, man. The man is so dangerous. Look at the Ankalaev fight. Look at this fight. Look at Jamal Hill. This... Yeah, he's he's Look at the names you've just said. Look at the names you've... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just those, those wins have <coughs> aged so well. And Kalaev, <coughs> granted it was a bit of a lackluster performance, but that guy is definitely in line for a title shot, depending on what happens between Jan Blahovic and Alexander mm-hmm. Rakic. And had he made more of a statement against Santos, it wouldn't have mattered what happened in that blahovic rakic mm-hmm. fight. He'd be getting the title shot. 100%. Jamal Hill, as uh, was he knocked out? Looked Jimmy Crew. Devastating. Crute. Jimmy Crew and Johnny Walker, was it? Yeah. Yep, Johnny Walker. Absolutely smashed back. him. Amazing. That, that has aged incredibly well. Paul Craig called out Anthony Smith, I think. Yeah, I think he's, mate. He, he was saying that basically, like, he thinks that everyone's jujitsu is good at this level, but his is a level above. And the only way to find out is is to to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm all in on that fight. Where is Smith great call out that great call out. Do you know what the Brits did themselves proud because every Brit made a call out, and it's the biggest criticism I've had of the British fighters. We're all so nice, and you know we we, we don't do call outs and stuff like that. But every yep. single one of the Brits, bar like one or two, that are kind of maybe in terms of popularity above calling out now um they made their call outs and they did what i've been saying they should do for blooming years now we've been going on i mean after in the september card and previous to that 
We've been going on about how these amazing fighters on great win streaks, if they're not calling people out, people won't care enough and their moment yep. will be gone very soon. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was great to see them, them giving their call outs. And, and Paul Craig and Anthony Smith, I think that's a cracking fight. And I think both great personalities as well. I think the build-up to that fight could be really good. It could get tasty in the build-up because Anthony Smith is someone that, like, if someone says the wrong thing, he will bite back quite yeah. quickly. But also, I think that it could actually be an incredibly respectful build-up, but with a lot of fun chats. They're both very articulate. I mean, Anthony Smith does a lot of presenting and a- analyst work for the UFC. Paul Craig, I think, could easily do that kind of stuff. Um, he's a very intelligent man, very articulate. So it could actually be a really fun build-up. Anthony Smith, looking at it, is fifth in the rankings. Paul Craig at the moment is 11th, but I think when the rankings are released again, he should jump. Uh, obviously, he's beaten Nikita Krylov, so he should jump over him and take his spot at ninth. Um, I think that fight makes a lot of sense because everyone else above Anthony Smith is kind of taken up. Ankalaev's just mm. fought. Rakic is fighting Blahovic, Prohashka's fighting Glover. If you're Anthony Smith and you want to get a fight in to prove, hey, I am I am a guy that should be considered for a top shot as well. Beat a guy like Paul Craig, who's got a lot of buzz about him at the moment, who's again, Paul Craig, on a big win streak right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> What's up next? What's up next? So <clears throat> Oh, just to say, sorry, the, uh, I, I don't know if we put it up on the socials, but in the post fight press conference. Uh, Paul Craig, and you can go and check this out if we if we put it up. Paul Craig compared when Nikita Krylov was give, was ground and pounded him. He was comparing that to when you've eaten the last Jaffa cake that your big brother wanted, <laughs> and he's just absolutely <laughs> laying into you and trying to take your head off. Um, so yeah, I thought again that is just classic Paul Craig. He's finding humour everywhere. He's a great personality. Love it. You can watch that. That's up on our Instagram. I popped that up last night, so you can uh, you can go and watch that um, and catch what. Go over to the Instagram and watch all the videos. You can see you can see this fellow over here, literally in the media room, doing all the shizzle with the famous faces. Get get stuck in. It's over on uh, our Instagram or our Facebook and our Twitter. Go go and have a go and have a look and uh, and give us a follow. Right. Uh, what was up next? What was up next? Pavlovich Abdurakhimov, and I've got to be honest. I think I was in the media room. I don't know who and... I was interviewing at the time, but there was there was someone I was interviewing in the media room, and uh, yeah, I um I, I missed most of this fight. I'm afraid. Well, I've got to be honest. Like, um, it, it was on Pavlovich won it grand and panned um, right at the first end. First round, the, wasn't the, it? The first round, yeah. So many first um, round finishes on this card. It was incredible, yeah. wasn't it? But I've got to be honest, uh, you know, normally if there's a couple of big boys and they're swinging at it and there's a first round finish, it's like, I'm all over this. But I literally had to have a breather. Like, <laughs> I was like, right. And you was, you know, I was getting vids over from, from you and it was like, oh my God, look at this, look at this. And it was like, right, let's get this up on the socials. And so I kind of took a breather because there was no Brits in this fight. Selfishly, yeah. I was like, right, I'm going to use this 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 next sort of 15 minutes to kind of post all the stuff that, that's coming over from you. And so... I didn't really pay too much attention to it. So um, rather than do that fight any sort of injustice, uh, should we should we sort of leave it where it is at, at, at what the result was and what happened? And, uh, oh, my God, are we, are we sanctioning the Russians? Is that what you're saying? 
Is that what's happened? Oh, uh, have you got notes to say that? No, right. it's just, but it's like the MMA fan podcast has just sanctioned the Russian the Russian bout, and we're just not talking about it. But oh god, it even sounds like we sanctioned watching it. Oh god, it wasn't the case. No, oh my god, no. But... I was still coming down from Paul Craig. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't talk too much about it. I was in the media room at this point. The other thing is, the, I loved the experience of all of it. But if I had one complaint, the Wi-Fi cage side was so awful that basically I was taking videos of all the action that you can see on our social media page and stuff, the walkouts, the, the winners, the announcements, the cheering, all that stuff. And then I was legging it back to the media room for Signal then sending it to you and then legging it back or staying there in order to do some some post-fight interviews and stuff. I mean, the, the step count was was up last night. The old Fitbit was, like, warning me to calm down. Um, but, it. yeah, let's, let's move it. on to, to, to Puria and Herbert and, God, the, the villain well, let's, of the let's, night. Well, let's just touch on, um, oh, on. Uh, Amakani uh, Grundy first. Mate. I haven't even got a note on that because, again, I was in the media room. So I, uh, I did was, not see it. I know I make only one, but I didn't see it because I was in the media room. So obviously, you know, the backstory of Mike Grundy, it was, it was quite, you know, they, they, they gave it plenty of coverage. Obviously, that his dad was there and, you know, we know that his dad is terminally ill and, and oh, they, God, you know, yeah. they, 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 they gave that plenty of coverage, which was really nice that they sort of showed some sort of backstory to it. And, and I don't know if... The emotion of it and the, the 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 size of the the event and the crowd, you know, behind Grundy, like, caused him to make a, a a little slip up or something. I don't know, but it was literally um, Amikani got an anaconda choke in fifty seven seconds into the fight, and oh. and it was and it was game over. He was out, and it was yeah, heartbreaking to see. But um, a return to win, uh, a winning form for uh, Amikani, and obviously. He's a charismatic dude, and uh, um, you know, good to see Mr. Finland back doing his uh, doing what he does. But yeah, unfortunately, you know, it didn't go the way of of, of Mike Grundy. So um, yeah, hope he's hope he's okay. And uh, and yeah, so oh, this next fight, man, like we're obviously talking about uh, Tapuria and uh, Jai Herbert, and was you back cage side for that one? Uh. Yes, I was, and oh my god! I mean, firstly, Tapuria was very much the villain of the night. Obviously, his beef with Paddy in the hotel, everyone knew about it. That uh, he was getting booed all over the shop. He was, as I say, very much the villain of the piece. But also, he was one of the biggest favourites of the night. I, I mean, I've tipped Tapuria as one of my. I mean, I hated what he did to Ryan Hall because I'm a big Ryan Hall fan, but. Tapuria is legit a real big problem at the featherweight division. And he's taken this fight on short notice, popping up to lightweight. Um, and I felt like it could go badly for Jai, but not for the reasons why it did go badly. I thought Tapuria would be able to wrestle and all that stuff. And that first round, Jai hit him with a head kick, I think. And he was able to get to his feet after Tapuria kind of came round and, and, and took him down for a second. And then he knocked Tapuria's mouthpiece out twice during the remainder of that first round and won that round without question. And everyone was going nuts. As Adam Catterall and Nick Peep were behind me yeah. and they were going mental as well because obviously they, they clearly know Jai better than we do. We've interviewed Jai, we love Jai, but 
they've probably been interviewing him for years and years and, and they know that he was a big underdog in this fight. And he was really doing the business in round one and put on a really phenomenal and exciting display against a really top opponent. And what happened in round I, two was just... I, 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 I think in round one, that first time when he, he caught him, I think Jai was surprised and he seemed to like pause for a split second. Mm. And, and I think that, I don't know. I, 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 I just thought, yeah, because obviously he was out of our seats at this point, and and he looks so. Jai's striking was so good. Obviously, you can tell this 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 guy's in the gym with Leon uh, and training at such a high level. But yeah, I mean, the thing is that second round, Jai threw a big big shot as well, and but obviously Tapuria's was just on the money, and it was it really was like lights out when it it was horrible. It, um, it really was. It was horrible to watch. There were actually a few kind of gut-wrenching knockouts throughout the night. Um, but yeah, the Jai Herbert one, you really, really felt for him. He put on such a great display in round one, and then there was just a firefight, and it was just one of those ones where he slightly missed and Taporia landed right on the money, as you say. And yeah, it was it was gutting to watch. Really feel for Jai. I hope, obviously... He's okay. I was um, uh, chatting to someone who was in touch with with Jai's people, and they said that he had like a brain scan and everything, and everything's come back all all right. He's all he's all fine, but um, yeah, a real a real difficult pill to swallow, I think, for the crowd as as that was the start of the main card. Um, but I've, I think Jai should hold his head up high. It was a late notice replacement fight, and against a guy that I know is in the weight class below, but is really highly respected within the MMA community in terms of like his ability. And obviously the beef with Paddy will sort of boost his popularity as well. So, I mean, Tapuria called out Paddy. I can't see them making that fight. There's not really anything in it for Paddy. Mm. There's loads in it for Tapuria because he gets the clout because everyone's yeah. going so nuts for Paddy at the moment. But there's nothing uh, in it for I Paddy. Mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um was talking last night that when you look at um who uh Jai's been put up against when he's moved into the UFC oh. from Cage Warriors, he's had a baptism of fucking fire, that boy. Yeah, it, it's been really, really Moicano, Trinaldo. Like yeah. even serious, but even Karma Worthy, Karma Worthy is yeah. a guy that people like. This guy is is decent, lot of power, all that stuff, and he took him out and he, he knocked yeah. him out. Like that was phenomenal. And then he's fighting Ilya Taporia, who a lot of people are touting as a potential title contender down at featherweight eventually. Like, but he is very, very well respected and well thought of by people that that know a lot about MMA. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he he really has fought a murderer's row, and I hope the UFC are aware of the kind of competition that he's had to deal with, and yeah. you know, give him a few chances, and maybe just give him one or two fights where he can kind of ease himself into things a, a little bit more. Because when you look at Jai Herbert in that first round, you're looking at an incredibly exciting fighter, who's not taking a backward step that brings it that has technical class on the feet, but also mm-hmm will get into a brawl with anyone. And uh, they're fighters you want to see in the UFC. So, um, All day long. Yeah. 
good luck to Jai. I hope he's healthy and recovers well. Should we talk? Uh, should we talk meatballs? Oh my meatball! Tell me, tell me how that was. Did did the crowd go up a level when she come out? Yes, yes. She she got the second biggest cheer of the night on the walkout, second only to Paddy. Um, and what she does. In, I'm not even just a knockout. The way she was blitzing in that first round, I was worried she was going to tire out. I thought she's going to punch herself out because she is just wailing yep. on this girl trying to get that finish. And she did it twice in the first round where she just seemed to throw like 10 or 12 unanswered yep. strikes. Um, and uh, I thought she's going to punch herself out and get in a bit of trouble. I think we all thought that. And... In the third round, she maybe <clears throat> did look slightly tired. Carolina was, was giving her some smiles, and I think she was trying to say, hey, I've weathered your storm, and you're now tired. And then she pulls that spinning elbow out of nowhere, and it was like a spinning elbow from hell. It was unbelievable. The crowd, when Carolina dropped, and that was another one of those gut-wrenching ones where you just like, Mate. Ev- everyone was just like, oh! Because it was like, well done, Molly. We're really pleased for you. That was an incredible thing to watch. But also, I this, there's something really, yeah. you know, gut-wrenching, as I say, about a knockout where someone just collapses like that. Um, but then the way she ran out of the cage, grabbed the UFC belt off a fan, and then ran around the octagon with it. Yeah. I mean, the woman is a star. She's an yeah. absolute star put her and paddy on any card in the uk they will yeah. sell it out just to just have two fights molly versus yeah. whoever paddy versus whoever that card sells out i, I that they, yeah. they are so loved and they've yeah. got such and the bond between them is something really special as well like you can see the reaction of paddy when molly won you saw molly cage side sat next to dana white when paddy won getting in the cage together, running around together and like cheering each other on. Absolutely incredible. Unbelievable scenes. And yeah. Uh, and without a shadow of a doubt, at the end of this year, we will be talking about that when we talk, uh, when we talk about KO of the year. That's going to be up there. That's absolute high level. Like, the, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Like, highlight real stuff. And yeah, th- one of the highlights of the year so far, as far as KOs go, 100%. I mean, yeah, Dana White said it's the greatest female knockout of all time. Mm. Um, I think some people were, were pitching, well, what about Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Rye? Also an incredible knockout. But I'd go Molly. I'd go yeah. for Molly. I, I, I just yeah. thought it was incredible. The whole package, from the walkout to the performance in the cage, again, the performance before the knockout as well was incredible. And then the knockout itself and the celebration, she couldn't have done anything better. It was a real, it, she's a star. Yep. That's it. She's a star now. Yep. And uh, I, I'm hoping that she just gets really great fights from now on. And I, I think the UFC could realize they're onto something here with her and Paddy fighting on the same cards. And, uh, and I think they could both go pretty far if, if match made in the right way. Definitely, uh, the, 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 that that kind of 
bond between them two. It's so marketable as well. And it's not like one's more charismatic than the other. It's just in abundance. And the energy that, that flows through, through them two. And the, you, you, you can't help. You know, when we was, even at media day, like, everything changes when, either, when one of them's in the room. It's just a different feel. It's just, and that's taking nothing away from the other fighters. Like, there's just an energy and and yeah, I, I, and you put them together, and that's just so marketable. As you say, they, they're, they're going to be selling out huge. Oh, Paddy was been selling out the Echo anyway. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Obviously, he was talking about Anfield, and you know, you throw Till on that card as well, and that's a potential. Yeah, you know, somewhere down the line, I don't, you know, I don't think as much as we know it would sell out. Paddy can't be headlining a fight, a fight card just yet. It's like you know, he's, he's two fights in. Yeah, but um, I think Dana, yeah. effect, Dana, Paddy said like he could have headlined this card. Paddy's got confidence for days. Dana says I think it's a little bit early for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's the O two is about like twenty something, like twenty two something thousand something like that. I don't know. Mm. Um, Anfield would be what, like sixty thousand something. Like that. If my, I, I might be slightly wrong now, but I mean, I'm assuming it's something like that. If you have Aspinall, especially against someone like a Taito Ivasa or something like that, Aspinall, Paddy against literally whoever, Molly against literally whoever, and then a couple of other nice little fights. Other couple, that sells out. It sells out mm. the stadium, no problem. Dana White was talking about stadiums and he says, here's why I don't like doing stadiums. Most stadiums are outdoors and the UK is not a country that you do stuff outdoors. <laughs> and I, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. But, I mean, there's stadiums out there with roofs now, you know. Wembley, I know it's a big boy, but God, if you really stacked a card, maybe you could do Wembley. I mean, I don't know. E- even if you sold... Mate, look how quickly the tickets went on this. So quick. So you know, I I I don't think Wembley would be a problem. You bring a title over as well, a pay per view. I think you you could sell it. It's different to boxing. It's not like when you go to the you know to Wembley to watch boxing. You go to watch Anthony Joshua. No one else. You go and watch like that headline fight. When you go to UFC, you go to watch. You know, even the casuals are watching half of that card. Yeah. Like, and that's the difference. You know, I, I, I think, I, I, yeah, make it happen. I, I'm still caught up in the drama of last night, but yeah, let's make Wembley happen. Like, fucking hell. I'd, I'd, I'd go and watch Paddy fight on the moon. Like, <laughs> right. Okay, what's up next? Well, uh, speaking of Paddy. It's, no, no, it's not. We've got Gunner. Oh, um, mate, again, that's another one. I ran to the media room. I wanted to get you got... all the content and all that, and I, 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 I saw it on the monitors in the media room. But yeah, maybe that was when I was interviewing Paul Craig or something. I don't know. It was great to see Gunner back, you know. And obviously, Brit fans love Gunner. I don't know if that's just because of the the Kavanagh Connor connection. Yeah. I don't know, but he's always been a, a fan favourite in the UK. Great to see him back. He looked in incredible shape. Um, unfortunately, you've got to follow Molly McCann, and you're on before Paddy the Baddy. That's a tough gig. A really um, tough gig. Yeah, and. And you're Gunnar Nelsons, whose fight style is generally elite level wrestling, um, and that's what he done. He it was three rounds of him, like completely dominant, but it was a bit boring. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, um, and, I, and I take nothing away. I'm a big fan of Gunner. Um, but it was just following on from, obviously, Molly. It was just a bit of a, all oh, right, okay. And it was like, and you knew what was coming up. And it was like, again, I just used it as a bit of an, an opportunity. I'm not putting sanctions on Iceland um, or, or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just used it as an opportunity to kind of catch back up on putting all the content out you were sending over. Um but yeah, you know, completely dominant. Say so I had no comeback or no answers whatsoever. Um, uh, towards the end, it was looking like he, you know he was going to maybe get the, the 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 submission, but it didn't happen. But yeah, it was a com- completely dominant performance. Um, not the most exciting though. And so I guess let's let's keep the buzz of excitement going. Tell me about when the yeah 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 start playing. The lights go down, and out comes Paddy the Baddy. I mean, the crowd because we've because we've spoke about this for so long, haven't we? Yeah. About he gets his UFC debut. We've seen all the footage of him at the Echo and that coming out, and and then he gets his UFC debut, and it's an empty it's an empty venue, and it's like oh, and it's like tell me because everyone's been asking, what's that walkout going to be like? How was it? It was pretty special. Yeah, it was the biggest cheer of the night. Everyone was giving it the that everyone was getting into it. Um and then he he was just kind of dancing around to it. It was yeah, it was one of those ones where you're like, I have to stand up now and film the audience with my phone because this just feels like a bit of a moment. Yeah. Dana White in a press conference was saying, Oh, uh, everyone's going on at me to the point where he was quite sick of it about Paddy's ring walk. And he was like, well, the kid's got to fight. He's just, let's see if he fights and wins. Then we'll go. But he said, no, once it kicked off, it was like, oh no, this is, <laughs> this is something special. Um, so yeah, he's just got that thing. People just gravitate towards him. You can't articulate it. You can't measure it. It is that cheesy phrase, that X factor. And, He's he's got it. He's just got it. Some people just have it, and he has it in abundance. And he's for real. Like there, there's there's no character there. Do you know what I mean? No. You'll see him do press. You'll see him talk. To, you know, the last time that we had him, he's sitting there in his dressing gown, just yeah. like totally calm. There's no there's no like fake personality. Nothing is piled on for the cameras. He's for real, and that's what I think people love about him. You know, when he's up and he's super excited, you're up with him. When he's chilled and he's chatting, you're listening. He's like, he's got it. He really has. And it's just because I think he's just for real. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think that's it. He, you know, I mean, even just the thing about his weight and stuff, like he was, he walks into the press conference. I know we're going to talk about the fight, but he walks into the press conference with a pizza and he was <laughs> like, and he was like, this pizza snide, which I think means shit. Uh, don't say I just did a Welsh accent. Uh, and um, he was just like, and he was like, I've eaten this snide pizza. That's how hungry I am. And he's like slagging off the pizza while he's eating the, eating the whole thing really quickly. And I was saying to him, you know, because he looked fantastic. He looked like he was in incredible mm. shape. And I was like, do you ever miss the six pack? And again, you can go on our Instagram and find the answers to this, but it's basically saying like, I'd rather be fat and happy. And it's like, yeah. and I, I actually spoke to Graham Boylan afterwards. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. And I said to him, 
you know, you'll Paddy's mad. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. Manager, do you, do you ever say to him, Paddy, just just keep your diet going while you're uh, while you, while you're out of camp. It's just better for your health and performance and all that stuff. And Graham went, "There's no point. There is no point. He's just going to do it. He loves food. He says he comes and stays with him in San Diego sometimes. Like, and he says he makes me get fat because because he just <laughs> eats so much food. And uh, yeah, it's it, I mean. Good luck to him. He's I'd rather be fat and happy than ripped. Good man. Go go and yeah. get fat, mate. You've earned it. Yeah, that was, Absolutely. That, I mean, again, that's, been my ma- that's been my mantra for years, by the way. <laughs> but he got clipped again. There will be Not as bad. Not, not as, as bad. bad as the last but um, he got he took it solid on the chin. I mean, as he says, clearly scousers don't get knocked out, but it's a dangerous game to play. Vargas, I mean, he hits hard. Uh, mm. And he just took it and came back at him. Phenomenal finish, great finish. But um, that judo throw where he took him down as well. Oh, the crowd beautiful. went nuts. Uh, got the back and got the choke. Beer went everywhere. Like I mean, <laughs> everywhere. Um, Love it. Yeah, Dana was said he got soaked. I somehow had some invisible shield around me because. Nick and Adam behind me, I'm pretty sure, got soaked. And there was a guy next to me that I don't quite know his name, but I think he was like a German bloke. He got absolutely soaked as well. And I don't know how I somehow came out of it unscathed. But uh, the beers were getting chucked all over the place when Paddy won. I've never understood chucking your beer. Like, you, it costs a fortune in you, there you as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, you want to drink it. <laughs> and you have to queue up for fucking ages. Yeah. I just think like... <laughs> I'd be like, if everyone's chucking their beers, I'm like covering mine up. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to lap some other people's up as the, the beer goes yeah, past like, me like, in like the hungry air. hippos. <laughs> like a dog with a frigging tongue out the window of a car, just like lapping it up. Like, I'll take some of that because, you know, it costs a fortune. Um, so, yeah, I don't understand the, the chucking the beer thing, but hey-o, this is what happened. and. Uh, yeah, as I say, it went mental. Molly gets in the cage with him. It's lovely to watch. I don't know what more you can say. He's just, again, he's got that it factor. He's got something special. Um, I think the UFC will match him up intelligently because he, Paddy said it himself, he's a cash cow. And they're saying, oh, do you want a ranked opponent yet? He's like, no. Because my contract's pretty basic. Stick a couple of more zeros at the end of my contract and I'll take on top 15 guys. No worries. Paddy, he's got a businessman's head. He's like, 
I want to get paid the most amount of money for the least amount of work is effectively what I think he's, his mindset is with yeah, it. Yeah, of course. And why not? Get paid. This is his second fight yeah. in the UFC. Like, what, what he should not be... Just because of his star quality and his following, that does not mean that he instantly gets to fight a top 10. It's like, he's, he's, no. he's not there yet. And he's, you know, he's... And, and I, don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd watch him fight anyone, anytime. But... It, let, let, let's not, let's not, you know, the hype train is speeding up and it's, you know, and I'm on board. We're all on board. More people are getting on board. Let's not derail that unnecessarily. Let's like, com, you know, continue to build him up, give him the right yeah. fights. And I don't mean feed him fucking bums, give him the right fights to help him kind of, you know, develop, you know, fighting at such a high level. Let's, let's not rush it and fuck it all up. Like, um, you know, there's obviously comparisons to Connor's journey and similar followings, you know, and it's like, yeah, I, I think, you know, do, do the Tom Aspinall route, you know, and, and when, I, when I'm ready. But, I mean, yeah. we'll get on to that. Maybe he's a bit more ready than he, he, he thinks he is, like, but we'll, we'll get to that. But um, I'm going to talk about what I thought was um, fight of the night. Yeah, I, and I um, agree with you. I agree. Um. Arnold Allen, man, like, and right, I did not expect to see Arnold Allen throwing as he threw. I don't think Dan Hooker expected Arnold Allen to be throwing like he threw. Um, One of the things that Arnold touched on as well, which he's got fast feet, Arnold Allen. Yeah. He was fucking rapid. Like, I mean, we'll talk rapid when we talk Aspinall, but um, Arnold Allen looked fucking terrifying last night. Um, and I got caught up in it when he literally, like, was just putting it on Dan Hooker. And, like, I mean, I, I can't imagine the emotions that were going through your head, Blake. Like, but uh, as he was, like, literally flying across that octagon, just punch after punch after punch I just got lost in it and I shouted fucking starch him Arnold <laughs> and then just quietly Pip just went I'm telling Blake you said that <laughs> uh, man yeah I, I mean look you got, you got to feel sorry for Dan man um, but uh, you got. I think I'm more happy for Arnold I mean Look, My we are 100%. we are anyone that comes on our podcast. We're so grateful for their time. We're so appreciative, and we only want what's best for them. But we're also an unapologetically British MMA podcast, and yeah. when we have a British fighter that we've had on the podcast taking on a foreign fighter that we've had on the podcast. As much as we might love both, like both, and, and want both to do well, at that point in time, we're leaning towards the Brit. And that's how I was feeling in that moment. But, I mean, I do really love Dan Hooker. I hope he gets um, gets a few wins uh, under his belt in a row now. I, I, I don't know. I don't care whether it's a featherweight, lightweight, whatever he wants to do. But just, you know, I hope he gets a few wins. Because one of the nicest guys you'll meet, one of the nicest guys. But yeah. let's... Let's just stick with Arnold for a second because Arnold did absolutely everything 
that he should have done that night and then some. He, it was the perfect storm for Arnold Allen because people have been complaining about, oh, well, he's inactive. He doesn't, he doesn't fight enough. That's why the, the momentum goes. He just gets so many decisions. He doesn't have these like, amazing like, highlight reel finishes and stuff like that. And what we've seen here is him take on the biggest name he's ever fought in Dan Hooker. And not only did he get a first round KO finish, but also he got clipped as well, which made the fight even more exciting. Because at one point, Mate. you're like, oh no, he's been wobbled now. The, the, the momentum shift. And then he comes back again. He did absolutely everything to go down as uh, a, a fight of the night, to, to, to gain so many more fans and followers and stuff like that. And when you compare last n- or, or compile last night's performance alongside a nine-fight win streak... Yeah. In the UFC. That's it, man. That, that yeah. He's called out Calvin Cater, a fight that I would love to see. I think that is a cracking fight. You look at what Calvin Cater did to Giga Chikadze. That is some fight. The the yeah. the boxing in that fight would be really special, I think. I think that's a really tough fight for anyone, but I think I think Arnold's a tough fight for anyone. I think Calvin's a tough fight for anyone. Calvin's ranked 5th at the moment. Uh but I think if Arnold takes on Calvin, and apparently uh, Calvin's manager messaged someone in the media room saying, we'd be up for that in June. Arnold was a bit like, oh, June's quite close, but maybe that'll work. But I think he wants a little bit of rest time, and he deserves it. But yeah, he got through that fight pretty quick. If he's happy to put himself through the camp again quickly, I think it could be a really smart move. Because... The biggest problem that Arnold's had is the injuries and not being able to build on momentum. He, he beats Gilbert Melendez, but then doesn't do anything for ages. He built, beats Sadiq Youssef, doesn't do anything for ages. And people forget the MMA, especially in the UFC. There's cards every bloody week. So there's a new favourite and a new fight of the night and a new this and a new that. So you get forgotten very, very quickly in this sport. If Arnold Allen can say, no, come on, let's do this. Whether he goes back to Canada or whether he stays training in the UK, if he can get ready for June to fight Calvin Cater, then I think his next fight after that could very well be for a belt. I know we've got Mm. Korean Zombie Volk coming up. Let's be honest, we all expect Volk to win. Max Holloway should have been fighting that fight. It looks like he will probably get Volk after that. So I know there Mm -hmm. is a, a, a queue forming, but... Ortega's lost to Volk and he's lost to Holloway. Jair Rodriguez has lost to Holloway and he's obviously coming off a loss. Chan Sun Jun, Korean Zombie, he's fighting for the belt next. Josh Emmett, I don't think has necessarily done enough just yet. I think he might have a fight booked, but I'm not sure who that's against. Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen. If Arnold Allen wins that fight on a 10-fight win streak, how can his next fight not be for the belt, especially if he puts in anything, anything remotely like the performance he did last night against Dan Hooker. That man is fighting for the belt with a win over Calvin Cater and a 10-fight win streak. Surely he can't be denied anymore. Oh, I I really hope he can do it in June or July or if, you know, something like that. I think that would be fantastic. I really do. 100%. 100%. So, 
what was it like when Tom walked out? It was great because I've got I've I've got to be honest when I on the TV, it felt a little bit quieter when when Arnold and Tom come out compared to to, to when Paddy come out, which which star quality aside is crazy because you know when you're looking at the 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 the, the rankings and and the importance of the the, the Allen fight and the uh, and the Aspinall fight, they're, they're bigger fights, you know, uh, uh, for, for the, you know, for in, in regards to sort of belts um, and, and the top 10. And it just felt a little, a little bit more subdued, you know. I don't know if it was people which a lot of fans there were, were, were casuals and were just caught up in the, 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 the Paddy uh, hype. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't call it subdued, but you compare it to Molly and Paddy, yes, it was far quieter. Subdued's the wrong word. You're yeah. right. Subdued's no. the wrong wrong word, but it didn't no, feel as I, bananas. Yeah, no. No, I, I, I know exactly what you mean, and, and you're exactly right. It, mm. um, it was quieter, and it just, is, it just goes to show that this sport, it's not a meritocracy, always. Mm. It is, it's not necessarily always about your skill set and how good you are and who you've beaten and all that stuff. A lot of it is about personality. Yeah. And that's why people like Molly, who's on her like eight or ninth fight in the UFC and is unranked, gets the cheer that she does. Paddy, only two fights into his UFC career, was the star of the night in terms of if you're just measuring, you know, some kind of, Sound measuring device. I don't know. Um, if you're just measuring <laughs> measuring the applause, an applauseometer. If you're using an applauseometer yeah. to measure the applause of everyone's ring walks and stuff, I think they're called a, a DP meter, a DB meter. It's a DP meter. DB. A DB meter. Deci- decibel. Yeah. Oh, decibels, darling. Decibels. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, do your prep. Do your prep, Blake. Come yeah, on. Sorry, mate. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, Paddy would have won that. Then Molly. And then it probably would have been Tom, you know. Pe- people mm. love Tom. People, Tom does really well with the media. Um, uh, he said he was very happy that I was there. By the way, just got to throw that out there. I saw uh, that. Oh, I saw that. That's on the socials, guys. Go and check it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Oh, and also, I'm just going to throw this out there because I haven't told you yet. Um, as uh, he walked in and sat down, his corner walked past. Obviously, one of his corner was Darren Till. We locked eyes and we said hello and had a little handshake. So I was quite happy with that. Oh, maybe maybe I'll message Dazza and be like, "Hey, Dazza, stop ghosting me Remember on the Instagram me? and uh, come on the podcast." Shook, shook the hand of the gorilla. Love yeah, it. it. Love it. Um, but um, but yeah. So uh, it is walk out so calm, so so calm. And oh my god, the thing that I really took from before the fight started, Volkov was pacing back and forth and honest to god i don't think he took his eyes off tom for a split second it quite i don't know if it was his gum shield or not but he had a weird look on his face that was like a kind of like um i'm i'm sort of smiling but i've actually just um shit my pants like he had a, had a really weird look on his face and we was talking about it just kind of is that his fight face because it was quite odd and like tom just looked like he was like you know, queuing up in Tesco's to pay for the big shop. He just looked so calm. And, but yeah, it, it definitely looked like Volk was looking a little bit 
kind of, I don't know, agitated. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say shit your pants. I'd say he looked like he just murdered 20 people with his bare hands. I was absolutely terrified just watching him. He was mm. just pacing back. He was like a caged lion. Just, And I thought, Jesus, he is, he is up for this. This is going to go. Um, and- it's so weird at different places you get different sort of perspectives on it because I thought the complete opposite. Again, I really did. I was staring straight at him because he was opposite me. Oh, so you're see- odd. <laughs> 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 I could see him so clearly from where I was because yeah. Tom had his back to me. So I was looking at uh, uh, Volkov and he just did not take his eyes off Tom. And Tom said in the post-fight press conference that he was doing that and I think he was trying to intimidate me, but I just laughed at him. And I'm like, he mate, did, he did, he did. If if I was in, like, honestly, the TV didn't do it justice. Then, if on the TV you maybe just saw a, a couple of seconds of him doing it, maybe it looked a bit weird or whatever. But seeing it live, honest to God, it was quite terrifying. And I, if I was Tom Aspinall, I would have leapt over that cage and ran away. <laughs> he looked so terrifying. But I am not Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall is Tom Aspinall, and. God bless him for it. Um, Let me tell you what's terrifying. Tom Aspinall's hand speed. Oh. Fuck me. Yeah. The first combination he threw, I think Volk didn't know what had happened. Yeah. It was so quick. And I don't know if it was... I think it was three shots. And it was like, my God, this guy can box. We obviously all know that he's, he's trained with Fury and he's, you know, he, he, he walked away from MMA for a while to box and then come yeah. back. But, my God, his hand speed was just like... The minute I saw that first combination, I just thought, oh, he's established that very quickly. And I think, you know, it was a masterclass. The whole fight was a masterclass. I think he he made a big impression on that division that night. Massively, because it was such an all-round amazing performance. As you say, the boxing and the hand speed was there. The footwork was there. But then the takedowns were there and the ground and pound was absolutely vicious. Very quickly, he opened up a massive cut on the side of Volkov's mm-hmm. head. Um, there was one moment as well, though, where he, he maybe got a little bit fortunate where I think he went to throw something. It, it connected in a weird way with Volkov throwing something at the same time and he slipped. And as he was getting yeah. up, Volkov, Volkov swung this massive uppercut towards Tom as he was getting back to his feet. And Tom just was able to kind of roll underneath it on his way back up to his feet. And then Tom smiled and I think tapped gloves Yeah, he with smiled. Him. He did. Yeah. He did. And you're like, yeah. oh boy, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> From where I was sat, maybe it was further away. But where I was sat, I was like, that was close. And it was like shades of like the, the kind of Douglas Lemur MVP one where he yeah. catches him on the way up and he just sparks him clean out. And you're yeah. like, that looked from where I was like close. <laughs> but Aspinall dealt with it so well. Slips or rolled underneath it, and, uh, and I thought and smiled. I thought he 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 made the takedowns look easy. Yeah, like it, you know, the, 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 I think the second one, I was just like, that was effortless. Like he made that look so easy, and and yeah, he's he's so well rounded, isn't he? You know, That's and I think problem. people are now, you know, people are talking about him. Obviously, we, we know that uh, Cyril Garn was. Um, he was cage side, wasn't he? So, I mean, it's going to happen at some point, isn't it? It's, it's going to happen. I like think it with will, performances yeah. like that, 
then that's a fight that can't be too far away. And yeah, calling out Ty. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? Who wouldn't want to see I mean, firstly, Tom Aspinall, what a nice bloke. I mean, he calls mm. him out, but it's like, it can just be about beer. <laughs> I'll happily do a shoey with you. <laughs> like, I re- he said, I love, the reason I called him out is I love his fight style and I love his personality. I'm like, oh, mate, that's the nicest call out you'll ever hear. Um, mm. It's a good matchup for Tom, I think. It's, I mean, it's clever. I think that's really clever because Ty is ranked third. And as far as I'm concerned, when you look at that top five, and I'll try and pull it up here as I'm chatting to you, but when you look at that top five or six, I think Ty Tuivasa, and obviously anyone at this level, particularly with the power of Ty, we saw what happened with Derek Lewis, it's a risk. Nothing's low risk at heavyweight when you're dealing with this power. However, within the confines of heavyweight, if you want to look for a guy that's the highest reward and lowest risk outside of obviously Ty. just being champion, it is Ty. And I love mm-hmm. Ty, but Cyril Garn, he can do like a really boring points fight against you and stay on the outside and use his footwork. Stuff. I'd love to see a fight between him and Tom because I think they've both got great footwork. That would be really interesting. But that's a tough fight. You can't guarantee that that will go well for you. Stipe, I know he's not back yet, but he's got great wrestling. Um, Curtis Blades, again, great wrestling, but you're not getting the rewards with, with Curtis Blades. If you beat Curtis Blades, great, you've beaten Curtis Blades. Well done, you. That's it, though. But that's, that's it. That's it. It's another good win, isn't it? Uh, and then you'd, no, no, yeah, cool. no, you'd imagine that Tom Aspinall will leap from 11th in the rankings, I would say, to 5th. I mean, Derek Lewis is 5th at the moment. I'd say you'd put Tom above him. I know Volkov is 6th, so he should take that spot, but I'd stick him above Lewis. I'd stick him 5th. Mm. Um, and I think that when you're looking at that that group, and Garnu could be out for nine months with uh, a knee injury, interim title could be happening. I asked Dana. I'm just going to look at you. I, look at you. I asked Dana. I, Blake Harrison, <laughs> the MMA media mogul journalisty guy. <laughs> Tell me you had your trilby with your little press thing on oh, the side. Mate, I really wish I did. I really wish I did. But um, I think people were giving me side eye enough being like, who's this twat? I would have had a trilby with press in it and it would take the right thing. Um, oh, love but it. Honestly, but I mean, I will say that. I asked Dana White um, a couple of questions and one of them was about uh, Nganu being injured and whether an interim title mm-hmm could go ahead. Um, and I asked him whether an interim title between Ty and Tom could go ahead. He was, he was unsure of how long Nganu would be out. And I think he basically says that like, if it is nine months, which is what I've heard, then an interim title probably would be formed, but he didn't seem keen on the idea of Tom and Ty fighting for the belt. I think he thought it was too early for Tom to be fighting for a belt just yet, but I don't think so. I think he could do it, but I understand that there are big names. You've got John Jones potentially yeah. to throw in there as well. Nganu, uh, Stipe, Cyril Garn, still good. Um, so yeah, so I think, I think Tom Aspinall, again, the perfect call out. If he beats Ty Tuivasa, Ty who's on like a five fight win streak and is so mm-hmm. unbelievably popular. If he beats him and you know, Tom's great with the media, the build-up to that fight could be fantastic as well. They could just be joking and having a laugh with each other and mm-hmm. everyone will fall in love with both of them even more. And then Tom, I think, would be the favourite in that fight. 
Tom, mm-hmm. as you say, speed and hand move. Ty will have the power advantage, for sure. But speed, accuracy, footwork, grappling. Grand work. Yes, yeah. Saying, all in favor of Tom, I think. Tom has way more pathways to victory. All mm-hmm. Ty can do is land a big shot. And don't get me wrong, he can definitely land that shot. But I would, yeah. I would say Tom's a heavy favorite going into that fight. So, 100%. So it's a fantastic call out. Very, very clever. You could move up to third in the rankings and take all of that shine that Ty Tuivasa has got because he's such a fan favorite. And there you go, man. And then, and then you are probably looking at a title shot after that. I yeah. think so. Well done, Tom. And that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Yeah. Um, what a night. It, it, what a night. It really was incredible. I mean, look. I was gutted, absolutely gutted that you you couldn't be there. But um, I have to say, to to go and be... We've been doing this for... It was a year just a couple of weeks ago that we've been doing this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. To, To go for just a year and like two weeks or whatever it's been since our first episode aired. And then attend an event that was that amazing and be able to be in the media room, to be there with yeah. people that I've... Brett Okamoto was there, who's like ESPN's like main guy. Yeah. The Schmo was there. I mean, I can't say I'm like a huge Schmo fan or anything like that, but he's a recognisable media member. PC yeah. Carroll, Jose Young's from MMA Fighting. Like, a lot of these people from from big... Media, and obviously Nick Pete and Adam Catchell from Fight Disciples and BT Sport as well. Like all of these people were there, and I was there representing the yeah. MMA fan podcast. Like, yeah, man, I was sat next to Fight Disciples, ESPN, BT Sport, and the like. And little old MMA fan podcast was there as well, asking yeah, questions to the president of the UFC, Dana freaking White. <laughs> like. That is some journey, man. That is an yeah. incredible thing. Yeah, I've, absolutely. Really awesome. And 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 a and a huge thank you uh, to the UFC for um, uh, hooking us up with that. And huge thanks uh, to, to to you listeners because it, you know if we didn't have people talking about this podcast and listening, then um, you know these opportunities wouldn't necessarily present themselves so easily. Um, so yeah, so huge thanks to everybody that listens and, and supports this podcast and tells their friends about this podcast. Um, if you're not following us on the socials, then do that because um, go over there just to watch some of the, the cracking footage that that, that 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 Blake got last night. Um, and obviously, we we, we we're pretty um, regular with the, the content that we put up on the on the socials. So make sure. You give us a follow on there. And uh, we've got some great episodes coming your way. We've got an amazing episode coming out in the next couple of weeks with uh, Liam Harrison, you know, one of the most, you know, recognisable names and faces and and, and absolute, you know, one one of the most ferocious warriors in the world of Muay Thai. And he's got incredible stories and top draw chat that, that, that he goes into on this episode. And, and yeah, um, I know after this, um, you know, this weekend's over, Blake's going to be on the phone to uh, to, to Dana and to Teal, uh, uh, 
getting them to, uh, to 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 come on the MMA fan podcast. I expect big things now. Um, yeah, and and yeah, great job last night, mate. You 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 absolutely bossed it, mate. Got some great content, and uh, and yeah, like it looked it, it looked fun, man. And you absolutely knocked it out of the park. So yeah, Cheers, lovely. Man. There you go. Thanks very much, guys. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Also, if you're still needing that little fix of um, of of, of uh, Paddy, he's been on three times. Go and have a look in the archives. You know, um, he was uh, he, he was on last week's episode, as was um, Arnold Allen, um, Dan Hooker, uh, so many of the fighters that um, that were on that card have been on recent episodes, and pretty much all the British fighters, bar a couple, have been on previously, telling their full story of how they got involved in MMA and, and talking about that journey. So um, make sure you subscribe, um, and then you won't miss anything. But go and have a look in the the back catalogue because there is a bundle of ace chats with. Uh, some of last night's heroes next time next time guys see you later